Father, thank you for your love. Um, we marvel at just your unconditional, reckless love. You saved us while we were still sinners. And Lord, I pray, I pray that our hearts would just be arrested by your goodness, that you would be high and lifted up in our lives, uh, that you would uh, receive worship, not just in our words or in our songs, but but with our lives, that in every category of our life, that we would be surrendered to you. Lord, as we uh, approach your word, I pray uh, my words would just fall to the ground and that uh, Jesus would be high and lifted up and that we would um, be changed by the, the truth of your word and, and the power of your Holy Spirit. And uh, it's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Uh, my name is Jason Naff. I'm an associate pastor here at the Parks Church. And uh, it's good to be able to meet with you like this online. Uh, although, if I'm being honest, I would much rather see you in person. Uh, we're having uh, local gatherings, uh, smaller gatherings where we can social distance. And we've been doing that for a while now, and we'd love to, to have you be a part of that. Uh, so if, if you feel uh, comfortable coming out and joining us, and, and again, properly social distancing, uh, we'd love to see you. You can sign up for that on our church's website, or you can go to the Church Center app uh, and uh, register, and then someone will get right back with you uh, with, a, with a location. So you're really just signing up for a time, a 9 a.m. service or an 11 a.m. service, and then we'll reach out to you with a location to come to. So we'd love to see you for that. Uh, as a father of six extraordinary young ladies, uh, I would love to wish all the dads, uh, the granddads and the great-granddads, uh, a happy Father's Day. Uh, I hope this is a special day for you. Uh, we're continuing to take a short break from the book of Acts to consider how God might use such a unique time in all of our lives to bring about genuine and lasting renewal. Uh, you're familiar with the chart by now, so we'll, we'll see that chart again. But uh, as, we, as we look at a potential pattern for uh, lasting and genuine renewal, we see that that really begins with a holy discontent. That's a work that has to come from God, um, whereby God's grace, we can start to say, God, I, I'm not close enough to you. Uh, I'm desperate for your presence. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at, and I know that Continuing to just keep doing the same thing in my patterns uh, is, is not leading me closer to you. There has to be a change. And so that's a work that God has to do, and I pray that he's, he's doing that in our lives in this very unique time. You know, when COVID kind of brought everything to a screeching halt almost overnight, um, I really thought the time was going to be uh, transformational, maybe even revolutionary, as I had an opportunity to have more time than, than, than I've ever had uh, to just slow down. And I knew God had already been prompting my heart to slow down, to draw closer to him. But what I wasn't ready for and what I, what I didn't expect was just how much garbage, <laughs> to be quite honest, God was going to start pulling out of me. Uh, and, and there was a lot of work to be done. I, I began to realize just how infinitely distracted I had become with my own agenda. I can honestly say that God has brought me to a place where I feel like that is that place of holy discontent. Um, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at with God. Uh, I, I desperately want to enter more fully into his presence, and I, and I want to stay there. 
Um, my heart longs to, to see God more clearly and to experience His presence and to abide in His presence. But there's work to be done. What I need, what we need, um, is more of God and less of self. Uh, in, in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, um, Jesus tells us exactly this. This is, not a, this is not new for us to understand that we need more of God and less of self. This is not a new discovery or a new teaching. This is what Jesus has been saying all along from the very beginning when he began to call his disciples. He said, to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So as Jesus called his disciples to follow him, he literally called them to the death of themselves and to the filling of the Spirit of God, to enter into his presence, to leave behind the distractions, the hindrances, the sin that weighs us down, and to walk in his presence, to die daily of ourselves. And so that holy discontent, it's a good thing because it's a God thing. And it can only come from God. And if maybe you sense that you're not there yet, that's okay. Or maybe you sense that you are there uh, and you've been there for a while. That's okay. Um, it takes as long as it takes. Uh, and that's the beauty of, of God's work. And, and we don't want to put it on a timetable. And we, we, the last thing we want to do is to rush God's hands when, when, his hand when he starts to pull out and to cleanse and to renew our thinking and to renew our hearts. Um, and that holy discontent, as, as, we, as we think about that chart again, then leads to uh, a time of what we talked about last week, that, that preparation. Uh, and that's where we begin to just wrestle uh, with our flesh and, and, and confront our flesh. And it's time to be broken over our sin. It's time to at least begin to see uh, the depth of our depravity, and, and not just see it, uh, but despise it like God does. In short, it's time for repentance. Again, by God's grace, he brings us to the place that we can no longer be complacent with our sin. We literally say, enough is enough. God, you've, you've given me this, this unrest in my spirit. I know I'm not where I need to be. And this is my experience. I'm, I'm uh, preaching to the choir, if you will. Um, but he brings us to that place where we can no longer be complacent with our sin. We say enough is enough. So I'm really thankful for these last three months or so. But to be honest, it feels too short. Uh, it feels like I've only begun to scratch the surface of what God wants to do in my life, in my marriage, in my parenting. Um, I fear, not just for myself, but for all of us, really, that, that when things continue to open back up and pick back up, the temptation for all of us will be to drift back into distractedness, to drift back into complacency, to drift back into a consumer mentality where, again, it becomes just about what, what's going to satisfy me right now, what, what is going to entertain me right now. Um, what is going to make me feel empowered right now? Uh, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 11, there's a powerful text where the, the author of the book of Hebrews is talking about um, 
really discipline in the life of, of uh, the faithful believers. And it says this in, beginning in uh, verse 7 of chapter 12. It says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they discipline us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So think about it in the context of, of moving through holy discontent into preparation for renewal as God is peeling back the layers and showing us our sin, correcting us where we need to be corrected, um, helping us see the depth of our own depravity, uh, that the temptation would be to say, this isn't fun, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't what I signed up for, uh, let's just skip forward to the renewal part. I want to I wanna have joy. I want to have peace. I want to have, uh, you know, just excitement about walking with the Lord. And of course, those things can be there even in the midst of, of discontent and, and preparation. But I think it's important for us to be patient and allow the discipline of God to work in our lives, allow for the correction to take place. And, and nothing comes easy. Nothing comes easy. Um, if we aren't diligent to allow God to discipline us and then to become disciplined ourselves, we'll just find new ways to be distracted, new ways to consume, uh, new ways to worship comfort, to be quite honest. Um, you know, as a father, one of my favorite things to do is to take uh, my lovely girls to the beach. And uh, I, I, I always look forward to just watching them out in the, in the waves uh, playing. Uh, they love to, to dive through the waves. They love to ride the surf. Um, they're pretty fearless, so sometimes it can be a little scary to watch them. Um, but I find myself every time we go to the beach on the first day always repeating the same lesson um, because inevitably they'll go out, they'll be having a blast, uh, but within the first five to ten minutes they'll be way down the beach and uh, they'll be further out to sea. And I have to go and get them and say, girls, there's an undercurrent, there's an undertow here that's going to pull you that way. You see where we are, we're here. Look at the beach and orient yourself. This is where you need to stay. This is your, your true north, if you will. And, and it's going to constantly take you out and down, and so you've got to fight against it, and, and that just has to be part of what you do. And it's amazing, after I give that speech on that first day at the beach, that the second, third day, I can look out and they're not going anywhere. Um, they are just contending against the current, they are, they, and it just becomes natural for them to do that. That's part of it. And I really believe that's an analogy for our walk with Jesus, is that he wants us to uh, become really adept at fighting against the current that pulls us away, whether it's the, 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 the culture of consumerism, uh, the, the culture of complacency, uh, the God of comfort, uh, those things that lull us away and out to sea, um, we have to contend against those things. 
Uh, in Mark Sayer's book, The Reappearing Church, he addresses the form of cultural Christianity often called um, consumer Christianity. And he maintains that a consumer culture inevitably leads to what he calls toxic entitlement. And I think that's a powerful phrase, toxic entitlement. And although uh, I wouldn't want to say it out loud, but I guess here it goes, um, if we're being honest, or if I'm being honest, I would probably have to say, I want what I want, and I want it as conveniently as possible. I love my comfort. I want the benefits, but I don't want the hassle. Um, the problem is, is there's no shortcut for a deep and abiding relationship with Jesus. God uses trials. God uses adversity. God uses pain and occasionally fun things uh, to conform us to the image of Jesus. It takes commitment. It takes contending. See if this quote registers. It's again from the book, Reappearing Church. The Christian caught in consumer Christianity shifts blame for their lack of growth to God. They blame God. They blame their leaders. They blame the church, their friends, their spouse, or their family, and they insulate themselves against renewal. When you play the blame game, everybody else is at fault, and, and you're blocking God out from what he wants to do in you. We fool ourselves that someone else will solve the problem of our lack of discipleship. God is calling us to forsake our toxic entitlement and to fight for a deeper relationship with him. I believe there's a divine tension, or maybe a better way to say it would be a holy balance between our surrender and our striving. On one hand, we can only fall on our faces before our awesome and holy God and say, woe am I, I am unclean. But on the other hand, we rise up in the righteousness of Christ, empowered by his spirit, as we dwell in his presence and we contend for righteousness, we contend for justice, we contend for peace, we contend for the gospel of Jesus Christ and for a holy life that worships God in all of our categories. God wants to move us from consumers to contenders. And of course, this is impossible without His grace, but by the same token, it is possible by His grace. Contending means that we get serious about kingdom living. Nets must be dropped. Sayer says in his book, contending is choosing to step into the hard places with God, joining creation's choir in groaning for our final liberation. What hard place is God calling you into with him? I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our current climate today as we see uh, just the heart-wrenching reality of, of racism in our country. Um, whether that be covert uh, or whether that be overt racism, uh, it, it's heartbreaking. And uh, the temptation for all of us, I'll speak for myself, the temptation for me would be to retreat into my toxic entitlement, to, to retreat into uh, the God of comfort, to want to just pretend that it doesn't exist and to... Um, sit idly by until, until it passes. I really believe that that's the wrong response 
uh, and that God is calling us to be contenders for justice, contenders for peace, contenders for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's time for us to be kingdom-minded and to be kingdom workers. I want to leave you with uh, some encouraging words from the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, 1 Corinthians is a wonderful book where Paul kind of, if, if we think about that chart again with um, holy discontent, preparation, uh, uh, contending, renewal, uh, or patterning for renewal, um, you can see that mapped out in the book of 1 Corinthians, I believe. And towards the end of, 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 of the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul is encouraging believers who have issues uh, who, who need to have garbage pulled out of them, uh, who need correction, who need discipline. Um, he gives them words of encouragement to remind them what it's all about. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 50, it says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, and I add my translation, and sisters. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Father in heaven, may we contend for a deeper abiding relationship with you. Lord, may we have a hunger and a thirst for your presence that maybe we've never experienced before. Maybe, maybe we've grown cold in that. Maybe we need that to just be renewed in our hearts and lives. Maybe we need to come back to contending with, with a renewed sense of, of, of spirit filling and purpose. Lord, and I pray that you would just accomplish that in our hearts and lives, that you would Give us that thirst, that hunger. And Lord, may we be laborers uh, for your kingdom. Lord, we know that, that even now you're working about renewal in this land and you are, you're saving souls and you're transforming lives and your kingdom is spreading. And though it's not what it will be when you bring all things uh, to completion and perfection one day, you're, you're already working to, to bring about renewal and, and you want us to be a part of that. You want us to um, worship you with our lives and, and, and show you to others with our lives. And there's nothing more important. That's why we're here. And so, Lord, help us to do that. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.